0: Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at Newbalance.com.
1: This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootballcbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of ads.
2: Back here on Radio Row, live with fantasy football today, giving you the coverage of Super Bowl 54 here at the Miami Beach Convention Center, located on Muhammad Ali Way, champion of his own, and a Super Bowl champion will be crowned on Sunday when the Chiefs and the 49ers meet here in Miami. Joining us here now on Fantasy Football today, one of the best running backs in the NFL, one of the best rookie running backs from the 2019 class, Miles Sanders of the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm Jamie Eisberg, Dave Richard, Adam Azer. Miles, I want to ask you, you're up for Offensive Rookie of the Year at the Honors Show uh, uh, coming up on Saturday.
3: Give us your thoughts on uh, how much you deserve to win that award. Uh, you know, uh, I'm very confident in myself and very confident in the hard work that I've been putting in my whole life to get to this point. So, um, And I think the, this season showed that, and I feel like I still got a lot of football... Uh, Good football to play so um you know I feel like got a good chance to win it you know but at the end of the day I'm just blessed to be in this situation so we're looking forward to a lot of the great football you have left to play we're going to talk about that in
2: a second but I want to ask your thoughts on on the game coming up on Sunday uh the Chiefs running back situation I don't know how much you get a chance to see their offense but Andy Reid, Doug Peterson those guys are sort of linked together from their history uh when they were coaching together when you look at the Chiefs offense specifically the running game Damian Williams, LaShawn McCoy what those guys are able to do what's your takeaway watching that Chiefs backfield and how they operate?
3: Um, it's kind of similar to ours, you know. Uh, you got the back that can pound it in there, uh, get the hard yards, and you got the got a guy that can catch the ball and get probably a guy that can do both kind of. And you know, rotating them against the defenses, uh, it's kind of it gets tired. You know, defense don't don't uh, like tackling guys like that. You know, fresh running backs, you say, uh, especially like, like on a long drive. And the Chiefs are very capable of going on long drives, and then when you killing them with the run game with different running backs and stuff like that. Uh, It makes it very stressful for the defense, and uh, I think uh, the Chiefs got a very good backfield to do that.
4: 49ers do the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've
3: got three running
4: backs (laughs) that can do it. What do you think of that type of a run game that that the 49ers use, not only using all the inside-outside zone and the power schemes, changing it all up, but also just having three guys that can rotate in and out like that?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's good, uh, especially for running backs. You know, uh, they're fresh all season, you don't really got nobody uh, banged up, and Got them ready for the big, biggest game of the year. So uh, I think that's very important. Uh, you know, uh, it's not nothing wrong with having a committee running back room, uh, as long as everybody's doing the job and eating. I mean, why not? So uh, you know, I don't. I'm not a selfish player. So I love when other people uh balling and eating just like me. So um, I was uh, so super excited when Boston got, Scott got a chance to ball out too. So uh, you know. Uh, it's, Whatever, man. Whatever works. Mm-hmm. Can, you, can, you, can you be a little bit more selfish, though? <laughs> yeah, look, we would uh, appreciate I that. Mean, you wouldn't
4: mind if you were the one doing all the eating, right? Like, it's, it's great when mind. everybody's doing it, but you wouldn't mind. You know, I mean, you averaged around 19 touches per game in your last seven. It's mm-hmm.
3: yeah, a pretty good mind. thing if you got yeah. to do that every week, right? Yeah, I wouldn't mind. I not mind at all. Yeah. Yeah, so, so what can we expect next season in terms of backfield? Have they told you about your role? Uh no not yet. Um I mean it's only what like three weeks out of this season, <laughs> right, so right, right. uh Deuce is still trying to call me talk about football. I'm like man, Deuce I see you in a couple couple months. <laughs> but uh but um I say um just same stuff as last year, man, just more elite and more explosive. Uh, that's all I can really say. What did you learn throughout
0: the year? You know, And specifically in terms of, let's say, pass protection, which I know can always be difficult for rookies, and your role in the passing game was always there. And we love to see that for running backs. It's great for fantasy. It's great for team production. How did you get better in that area throughout the season? This passing game overall.
3: Yeah, and, and pass protection. Yeah, uh, you know, um, got real comfortable starting with just training camp. I mean, I think that's when everything started. Uh, cause that was my first time actually getting on the field and cause I had a, a little minor injury, uh, for OTAs and mandatory mini camp. So I got the training camp and just, just, uh, made it like a, a record NFL season, you know, just trying to work on stuff that I feel like I'll be good at for the season. And r- running ball was a little, you know, a struggle for me is different than college. I feel like, but, uh, you know, I was very effective in the passing game and they, they, I was doing that from the jump since I started. So, and, uh, just felt good just being able to execute on Sundays like that. And so
4: like at one point, I thought you were like the fastest receiver. Because <laughs> Deshaun gets hurt, and Alshon, you know, he wasn't at 100%. And Ertz, let's face it, he's a great and big dude, but he's not a burner like mm-hmm. you. And so there was a point where we talked about you being that downfield threat as a, as a receiver there. And you, you grew into that feature role. And I was thinking to myself, getting ready to talk to you today, you were behind Saquon for a couple of years at Penn State. And then you come into the NFL, Jordan Howard's there. He's blocking your way to getting all that work. It must have been gratifying to eventually get to the point where you're leading the way and making a real difference for the Eagles.
3: Yeah, I mean, whole life been a grind. Uh, just kind of kept growing as, as the uh, stuff kept going. And um, like I said, with Jordan uh, getting banged up and Spros, you know, I had a bigger role, so I had no choice but to step up and show a lot, especially in those last four games. You know, those were very exciting games, even though how important they were, but it was just fun going out there and really competing at a high level and getting those Ws. All
0: right, so Dave, before you got on the set, Dave said, one of us loves who, You'll find out who. <laughs> well, it's me. <laughs> if I were giving out that rookie of the year award, it would—I wouldn't even look at the other candidates. I'd just give it straight to you. But I'm looking at a mock. Yeah, you, my man. So I'm looking at a mock draft that we did—a PPR mock draft. Look at this running backs that went ahead of him. Okay, look, I get it. McCaffrey, Cook, Barkley, Elliott. He doesn't get it though. <laughs> uh, you play fantasy? You into fantasy? No, nah, not really. All right. So these I are the running backs. I talk about it a lot, though. Yeah, these yeah, are the guys who went ahead of you, and this is—we did this in January, right after the season, and it's for next year. We're not going to play it out, but. This you know hypothetically, uh, Nick Chubb, Derek Henry, uh, Leonard Fournette. Then there, there's me taking Miles Sanders in the middle <laughs> of the second round. I want to take you like up here before Alvin Kamara. I you. Uh, you know I want you to be a stud. Can you can you tell our listeners, our viewers out there, you know you you have that capability of being McCaffrey, Cook, Barkley, Elliott. What do you see for yourself as a sophomore?
3: Uh, absolutely. Uh, I mean I, I, I see myself just getting better and just. Uh, building off the year I just had, you know, like I said, I'm, a, try, I'm trying to be more elite and, and more explosive. That's, that's all I could really say. And just raise my game to another level. It's impressive.
2: I mean, it's impressive. And, you know, the Eagles have a chance, obviously, to be impressive
3: going into next year. You know, just talk about the thoughts as a
2: team. You know, where you guys go from this year, you know, making the playoff run and then
3: building off yeah. that. Um, I mean, just based off of this year, uh, the way everything went, all the injuries and stuff, Uh, people would have... Probably expected us to not go anywhere and have a worse record. So, but everything that happened and for us to go as far as we did, I think that shows a lot for our team. And I'm, I'm excited for for next season once we have everybody healthy. Gotta get some uh, some healthy receivers yeah, out yeah. there as well. Like Dave That's said, we don't want you to be the
2: fastest receiver. We <laughs> want to have, give yeah. you some yeah, yeah. some help as well. Yeah. So Adam sort of alluded to this to talk about your you know your fantasy uh, you know sort of projections for next year. But I need you to look into that camera right there, and I want you to talk to our fantasy audience and say why they should draft you. Next season in fantasy football. In fantasy football. Yeah, <laughs> not a
3: big fan of fantasy, but you uh, should <laughs> draft me because I am um, one of the one of the running backs that you guys want. Uh, I can catch the ball, run the ball, and block. So, uh, whatever you need, um, try to get those points for you next year. Try to take it more serious, you know. But uh, yeah, uh, I need I need twenty five touchdowns. Yeah, give me yeah, twenty five. I got touchdowns? you. I am going to try. try. Okay, that's a record, probably.
0: If you yeah, need if you yeah. need a hype man, I can tell people, he's got to be behind a great offensive line. Yep. He's got a ton of talent. We saw it at the end of the season. going to carry. They're going to be smart. They're going to know, hey, this is Miles Sanders' team. We're going <laughs> to give him the ball. We're going to give him the keys to the car and take a couple of weeks off against the Giants next year. And I like you even more. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a great. I'm, we're looking forward to
4: 2020. coach all right. the Eagles? Can you at least call the players
2: I can for the try. Eagles? That would really help. <laughs> all right. Well,
3: well, Miles is here for a reason. Tell us about Pepsi and what you're doing with them. Uh, it's a blessing, man. It's a blessing to be here. Uh, I'm happy for this opportunity, you know. Um, happy to be in the conversation for rookie of the year. Um, like I said, uh, th- none of this is possible without the man upstairs, and I'm just blessed to be here, man. And I'm hope he's up there working for me, and I can come away with this award because uh, it'll be definitely a dream come true. But um, just happy to be here. And what about Pepsi? What are you doing with them? Pepsi. What are you doing with Pepsi? Uh, t- just working with them, uh, hopefully, and. No, get this award and represent them. Uh, you got a Super Bowl pick? Super Bowl pick? Who's going
2: to win the game on I got the Chiefs. I got the Chiefs. Going against the NFC, huh?
3: Yeah, I got the Chiefs this year. Is it just because of uh, don't want to see another NFC team win it, or what's the, what's uh, the reason? Not really. Um, I like Andy Reid. So yeah. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. And I, I, my boy Shady over there, too. Shady
2: said uh, uh, the other night that he hopes to retire as an Eagle. How how important would that be to the organization to have him finish his uh, not necessarily his career there, but obviously you know sign one year deal and or, or a one day deal. And, I know, think it'll, his, be, and, it'll be
3: it'll be excited, man. I heard he's a great guy to be around, and I mean he's he's one of the, he's going to go down as one of the great running backs to ever play the game too. So uh, for him to come over for his last year to, um, and beat her, it's a blessing. So uh, I'll be happy for him to come over and retire.
2: So. Miles, we appreciate you taking the time to join us here. Uh, uh, everybody should draft him uh, very high. In some cases, the number one Not overall in pick. Not my leagues. Let me do it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Miles Sanders, great running back for the Philadelphia Eagles, potential offensive rookie of the year as well. Thank you for taking time with us here on Fantasy Thank Football you. Today. When we come back, we're going to get into some Senior Bowl talk, looking at what happened last week in Mobile, talking about a couple prominent quarterbacks that could be fantasy options next year. Justin Herbert and Jordan Love. Stay right here. With fantasy Football Today. in. The Chiefs and the 49ers uh, for the Super Bowl all week long. JJ will be on CBS Sports HQ breaking it down, as he always does, giving us great stuff. So you look at this, uh, this 49ers offense, this attack, and how Kyle Shanahan's going to sort of go at the Chiefs. Heath, uh, Raheem Mostert coming off just a dominant performance, Jimmy Garoppolo not doing much. But what if the, the, the game flow flips a little bit? and we have to see the 49ers chasing points. How do you think that will go?
5: I think that's bad news for the 49ers. They need to be able to run the ball, keep Patrick Mahomes off the field because they have to turn to their passing game. That Chiefs pass defense all season long, even when they were struggling, it was that they were struggling stopping the run. They have not given up deep passes at all. If they have to go to the air game, San Francisco is going to be in trouble. You agree?
6: Yeah, no, I think that's exactly right. I was actually talking to a defense backs coach, uh, Media Knight, and said, We and the media sort of get caught up in in saying this team has been out-schemed by this other team. But in reality, 99% of what happens, happens to the line of scrimmage. Technique, so if you stick to your technique... Go from there. You have a better chance of winning than getting caught up in the moment, the Super Bowl, and all that comes along with it.
4: I'm looking at the the pass rushes for both of these teams and what impact that'll have on the passing games for both of these teams. And I just think that the 49ers' pass rush is just a little bit better than the Chiefs' pass rush, and I think they can impact Mahomes and what he's doing throwing the ball. It's a good thing that Ryan Wilson is joining us here in fantasy football
2: today, stay in between Heath and Dave. You know, any Chiefs negative talk here? First time Chiefs of the Super Bowl in 50 years. Heath would like to see a Kansas City victory. Longtime Chiefs fan down on the end there so we're going to talk about the senior bowl here that's why ryan is here he is our fa- fantasy fantasy draft he is our nfl draft I'm going to call you the guru. I have a radio host uh, that sits a couple spots over there. He calls me the fantasy guru. I'm going to call you the draft guru. So Ryan's here uh, along with Dave. They're both at uh, Mobile, Alabama, breaking down the Senior Bowl here, and uh, we're going to sort of do a little bit of a fantasy spin on it with what these guys were able to witness uh, down there in Mobile. So Ryan, I want to start with you. Uh, we were talking about this last night. You know, Some guys that were at the 2019 Senior Bowl and how they sort of turned into pretty decent fantasy options. Two receivers in particular, you brought this up, uh, Terry McLaurin and Debo Samuel. Is there uh, a a scenario that you see that, you know, uh, something similar, and, and, and talk about those two guys and what they are able to accomplish last year.
6: Yeah, last year Devo Samuel arrived in, in Mobile with uh, there were a lot of questions. He had injury history at South Carolina, and also there were concerns about his speed. And I remember talking to him after one of the practices, and he said, I think I proved that I can run. And uh, his senior bowl just got better from there. We were talking to Chris Carter earlier uh, on set, and uh, second-round pick, Not very much in the way of expectations. He was second in the team in receiving for the 49ers behind George Kittle, so that's a pretty good season. Terry McLaurin's another guy going into the Senior Bowl. He was a special teams guy, and he had a fantastic week, and he was easily, and we were talking about this last night, Jamie, not only valuable fantasy-wise, but he was their best offensive player, uh, even as Dwayne Hasson was trying to learn, his, learn the ropes there as a rookie quarterback.
5: You know, a couple, a couple quarterbacks last year that splashed as well, Daniel Jones and then Gardner Minshew kind of improved his stock at the Senior Bowl, and you look at what those two guys did last year. Daniel Jones had two of the best quarterback games of any quarterback, not just rookie quarterbacks, in terms of fantasy production, and Gardner Minshew came out of nowhere to yeah. be someone we were actually using in fantasy, and it just kind of shows how much fit and opportunity is going to matter for these guys as rookies.
2: And some guys that we may not expect, Minshew in particular, it's uh, amazing how Heath can work Gardner Minshew to any <laughs> conversation that we do, especially if you listen to our Fantasy Football Today podcast, where you can download on iTunes and wherever. Podcasts are found. So let's get into the 2020 Senior Bowl, and we'll start with the quarterbacks. Good transition, Heath. Talking about those two guys, um, in Minshew and Jones, and Justin Herbert was the big name that was there. So uh, I'll let you guys just you know have a little conversation here, so have some fun with it. So Justin Herbert, where do you see him sort of going in the draft, and how do you see this sort of playing out for him, the quarterback? Morgan,
4: I think he's going to be a top ten pick because once you get past Burrow and Tua, he's the next best guy that's there, and I think he did a really good job at the Senior Bowl proving to all the coaches and scouts that are there that he can work under center. He said that he had been working on being under center for only two weeks before the Senior Bowl, and then he went out there and he did it. And other than a couple of things about his footwork, I think he was fine. The only thing I didn't see from from Herbert, and this is maybe the only strike against him, is just under-pressure plays. And you don't get a lot of that at the Senior Bowl. You definitely don't get that at practice. No blitzing. And so when he's throwing deep in practices like we saw, he's connecting on everything. But when that blitz is there and he's under pressure, what type of a quarterback is he? Because at Oregon, he wasn't always effective in that type of a situation. Yeah,
6: you're exactly right, Dave. And I talked to uh, Justin Herbert on Tuesday at Media Day, and usually these— Players have talked to coaches, and they've told them what they want to see throughout the week. And I said to Justin, what do you, what do coaches want to see from you? He mentioned nothing about arm strength, nothing about footwork. He said leadership. That's the first thing he said and all he said. And that was one of the big hurdles. You don't see that in practice. But as we go through this process, that's what they're going to be talking about. And Dave's exactly right. He set the world on fire at the Senior Bowl. And I, I talked to a coach about this. He said you can fall in love when you see these guys in person for the first time. He didn't have a great 2019 season. I think he's like a second-round pick, but Dave's right. He's going to be
5: a top-10, top-15 pick, worst case. Bengals fans are just absolutely terrified right yes. now. They, they were there and, yeah, right. coaching him They a, saw him play like that for a week, and they've made some bad decisions in the past. I, I think
2: they know what they're doing. I, I think they know right. what they're you doing, too,
5: I think Bengals fans are probably a little bit worried because
2: they've dealt with... And, and, and we should mention, guys like Joe Burrow, obviously Tua with the injury, right. they're not going to be playing at the Senior Bowl, so you're going to see some names that we discussed that aren't some of the top-tier guys. Uh, Heath, I want to get your take on this because Ryan and I got a chance to speak to Darwin Thompson Monday night uh, during media night, and he was glowing about Jordan Love. And so, uh, Ryan, you could let him know the comparison that he made.
6: First words out of his mouth. I didn't prompt him. Patrick Mahomes.
2: <laughs> That's <he>, not fair. <laughs> he was extremely excited to talk about Jordan Love. And, and the reason being is that Darwin Thompson, Utah State, and, and same thing. They played together right. last year
6: 2018, and that was a very explosive team. The 2019 version of Utah State struggled. In large part because Jordan Love had no one around him. Offensive line changed the playmakers and changed the coaching staff. And he admitted to me at the Senior Bowl last week that he tried to do too much. But to, to Jamie's point, Darwin Thompson was extremely high on him. He said he is a first-round talent. He reminds me in a lot of things he does physically, arm strength, of, of being a Patrick Mahomes. I did say better arm Patrick or Jordan, and he said Patrick is a jugs machine. So yeah, no r- Human jugs, yeah, 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 jugs machine
2: is what he said. Um, uh, Ryan, comparisons of, of Herbert and, and Love, who do they sort of comp to you know, in the NFL now?
6: Well, Patrick Mahomes is a good comp. So, And I think also in the sense that with Jordan Love, he has to sit for a year. You can't force him out there. And I wouldn't force Justin Herbert out there as well. And you sort of see Ryan Tannehill in Justin Herbert. He's more experienced than Tannehill was. He was a converted wide receiver. The, the,
2: the Tennessee version of Ryan Tannehill, not the Dolphins version. Yeah, you're hoping you're getting the
6: Tennessee <laughs> version. But he needs to be, and Dave sort of touched on this, he needs to be put in a situation to have some success because he has been inconsistent. The offensive changes and all that. But I think Tannehill... Uh, Tennessee version best case, and Patrick Mahomes obviously would be a home run for Jordan
5: Well, Lowe. and I think when you say Patrick Mahomes, people think, oh... 5,000 yards, 50 touchdowns. No, that's not what we're talking about. Like There was a lot, of, there were a lot of questions about Patrick Mahomes yes. coming into that rookie year, and he did have to land in a spot with Andy Reid with such a great support system.
2: That's probably going to be key for Jordan Love. You sound like Darwin Thompson. When you said about Gardner Minshew and, and uh, Daniel Jones, that's exactly what he was saying. He said if he was playing with a Tyree kill, he said if he was playing in a Bill Belichick right. type system, yes, that's if right. he ends up in a spot where he can sort of shine, that's going to help any of these guys. And so the quarterbacks are certainly going to be interesting. Again, Joe Burrow, Tua to tonga those are probably the first two guys off the board, and then we'll see how the rest of these guys sort of slot in. So for the running backs at the Senior Bowl, not exactly the most exciting group. You don't have DeAndre Swift, you don't have J.K. Dobbins, you don't have some of the top-tier guys. Again, similar situation, those guys not showing up. And so, Dave, I'm going off your rank list here of the guys that you list, and you could read Dave's story on CBSSports.com about his fantasy breakdown of the Senior Bowl, but Joshua Kelly was the one that you came away the most impressed with, but as you wrote about, it's not exactly the most exciting group. As we go back to last year, I was looking at it uh, when Ryan sort of brought up about the guys. You had guys like Tony Pollard, you know, guys that sort of came in and filled roles, backups, you know, when they got a chance to play Pollard in the preseason, Rykel Armstead, as we saw in Week 17, they had a chance to play well. Can you see a similar situation with any of these guys that if they get the right opportunity, maybe as a backup, they could be, fantasy relevant at some point in 2020
4: so the term fantasy relevant is important here are we talking about a guy that's going to be in a a committee situation and maybe share not a Miles sanders not a josh jacobs but somebody else perfect yes i think almost all these guys could be in there there's a lot of third down types of running backs on this list the one who's closest to not being on that list is kelly because he's, he's a little bit more physical. He's a little bit bigger than a lot of the other running backs that are there. And I was really impressed with him. I, I didn't like what I saw from him at UCLA. And I watched a little film before going to the Senior Bowl. But at the Senior Bowl, he was displaying great vision, great quickness, Good acceleration through the hole. He was making big plays. He did it in the game. He had over 100 yards in the game. And I think that maybe playing behind a better offensive line, it was an all-star offensive line that he was playing behind, I think that might have made the difference for him. And so it's funny that uh, a running back in a Chip Kelly offense can't impress, but the same guy putting the offense of a pro-style team at the senior bowl Did come through. I don't know if he's going to be somebody that's going to be, you know, anointed to a starter in the NFL and someone that fantasy managers are going to gravitate toward in round six or seven or something like that. But maybe toward the end of the draft, Kelly would be one of a handful of names that were there who could get that done.
6: Yeah, you know, I like to know Benjamin a lot, uh, P. Prisco's alma mater at Arizona State. Uh, He didn't have a great 2019 season. They were playing with a uh, freshman quarterback, excuse me. 2018, really good year. He is a great option in terms of the passing game which i know is important for fantasy purposes uh he's not as big as kelly he's a little smaller but he runs hard he can run through the middle uh but in terms of the versatility i think he brings that probably better than anyone
2: we saw uh at the senior bowl these guys are probably what Fourth, fifth, sixth round picks yep. type of guys. Yeah, so we'll see uh, where, where they end up. And this is going to be key for a lot of these guys, right backup situations, you know, replacing some of the handcuffs that we talk about. And these are going to be some late round picks that we're talking. Let's move to the receivers because it's a much more exciting group. And, again, some of the top tier guys clearly not here. But you guys have a similar – guy in mind that came away from the Senior Bowl that impressed you, and that's Van Jefferson. I'm excited to hear about this because I'm a Florida guy. So, uh, Ryan, I'll start with you. When you see Van Jefferson, what he was able to do at the Combine, coming off of what he did at Florida, how does he sort of stack up to some of the top-tier guys in this class?
6: Well, this isn't a concern for fantasy purposes, and it shouldn't be an NFL concern. He's going to be 24 years old by the time the season starts. Who cares? Uh, His dad's Sean Jefferson, who is uh, an assistant coach now, played a long time in the NFL, and he is one of the best route runners in in this draft class. He's fast. He played at Florida, as you know, Jamie, and um, if you want to watch what he can do, you watch the LSU game where he actually absolutely takes Derek uh, Stingley to town. Derek Stingley is the best cornerback in college football, and it was a, a sight to behold. He did the exact same thing at the Combine, and this is some, some clips from the Combine here. You couldn't guard him, and I don't know what that translates fantasy-wise, but he is going to be a guy that sneaks probably. Oh,
2: we like it when you can't get guarded. <laughs>
5: there, there you go. Well,
6: that's, so he, that's a good thing. There's a can, guy
5: that has that in his Twitter handle. <laughs> <You> can't guard <laughs> Mike. It guard worked
6: out Mike's okay for right? so. guard van. So he might be a third round, even a day day three pick, but uh, he's a no. guy that could, that could, we'll see, let's go through the process, but as he could contribute right away. Go higher? I,
4: I think if there's only one reason why he doesn't go on day two, it's because of the age. It's because he's 24. And we'll see how he tests. And, and sure, but I mean, you know that he's a great football player. And I the agree. way that he ran routes out there, he was better than everyone else. I think he's an NFL-ready slot receiver, and I think he's got a chance to develop into a number one type of outside receiver. I think he's got great potential. I think in dynasty leagues, you could take him with a late first-round pick.
2: Another guy that you both agree on, and I'm going off of your top ten list of players who impressed at the, at the Combine, is uh, Denzel Mims. And so you came away and impressed him. I think you yep. had him third. Uh, oh, no, it was had, a little lower than that, but had, I liked a lot of the receivers. You had team. him fifth. I'm, I'm going on K.J. Hill. You had him fifth on your list. And that was another player that impressed you, Ryan. So, uh, Dave, talk about Denzel Mims and what he was able to do at the senior He was one of several
4: several receivers at the senior bowl who's who's big and rangy, You know, tall, physical, but he's one of a few who's tall, physical, and fast. And he really put that on display. He surprised the heck out of me at this game and in the practices. And it wouldn't surprise me if he was an early day three pick because there are so many big guys in this draft as far as physical wide receivers. I think he's somebody that can contribute maybe eventually get to the point where he's around seven 800 yards, five or six touchdowns, not somebody who's going to be a dynamo in fantasy football.
6: Yeah, this draft class is so incredibly deep and wide receiver that uh, I think Dave's onto something. But 6'3", 215, and he was very physical to the line of scrimmage, had very little trouble getting open. And, again, when you play at Baylor, uh, not a very complicated offense in terms of what they do for the route tree. You go, sort of get your eyes open when you see him in person. And uh, I think he's raw, so he's going to have some time to need to develop. So that's not going to be a year one thing, maybe not even a year two thing. But, again, as they say, he made himself some money last week in Mobile.
2: A lot of receivers we're going to be talking about over the next several weeks and several months as well. Let's move to the tight ends now. Uh, Dave, a guy that you liked is Stephen Sullivan. Ryan, you kind of had a little different take. Adam Troutman was the guy I think you came away the most impressed with. Uh, Dave, you had him number two on your list. Let's yeah, talk did. about those two guys.
4: Yeah, I And again, I don't know how soon these guys are going to be fantasy relevant. They both have the look and feel to me of a tight end that needs one year to kind of get themselves ready. And then in that second season, they break out. And so Stefan Sullivan, what I like the best about him is that he was a good blocker and an even better pass catcher. He's more of an Evan Ingram than a George Kittle. But he was still getting the job done blocking, at least at the Senior Bowl. We'll see if he can do that at the NFL level. Troutman will eventually be like a Kittle, like a Kelsey, as far as a blocker and as a passer. Off the expectations. Sure. It, it, well, I just don't know if he's going to be a big play threat down the field. But if he lands in the right offense... Where he's used regularly, he'll be a good short area target. He could have a couple of seasons with seven plus touchdowns.
6: Yeah, they couldn't guard Troutman last week in the one on one drills, and I'm not talking. They couldn't get off his blocks either. I'm not not talking about linebackers. I'm talking about safeties. So he was extremely dynamic. Played at FSCS Dayton, excuse me. And he, he uh, scored four touchdowns in a game, and there were scouts leaving in the third quarter. There was nothing else for them to see. He proved himself against the, uh, the bigger competition last week. And I don't think year one is going to be a, a big production year, but uh, just in terms of being an NFL fan of someone with Troutman on your team, I feel like that's someone you can look forward to having uh, a really good career as an explosive down-the-field guy. All right. well,
5: we saw it last year with T.J. Hawkinson and Noah Fant, like even the best of the right. tight end prospects. Year one is usually while. not
2: the thing for those guys. You've got to be patient with those guys in Dynasty. All right, Heath, write it down. Jordan Love, Patrick Mahomes, Adam Troutman. George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, the comps are already (laughs) starting. This is the draft process as we start to move along, as we get closer to the NFL draft, which will be in lovely Las Vegas. But we're still here live from Radio Row in South Beach. And coming up next, a guy who knows a lot about Miami, greatest player in Miami Dolphins history, is going to join us. Hall of Famer Dan Marino will be here on Fantasy Football today. Welcome back here to lovely South Beach. Man, I wish I was on a boat right now a lot of fun. Beautiful weather out here in South Beach. Site of Super Bowl Fifty Four. We're coming to you live from Radio Row here, Miami Beach Convention Center. Having a lot of fun talking to a lot of uh, big time stars. Adam Azer still drooling over Miles Sanders. Joining us earlier on the show today. I'll probably start drooling in a second as we're going to be joined by uh, one of my childhood heroes, Dan Marino. Grew up a Dolphins fan, watching Dan. Um, I'm going to try and contain myself. Uh, I've got a chance to be around him quite a bit, so uh,
0: I've kind of got used to it, but. Still. Oh, it's no always, big deal. It's oh, always Dan, it's Dan always, Marino. It's would you, rather, would you yeah. rather be on a boat with us or Dan Marino? I mean, Dan Marino. <laughs> see
2: you guys enough. <laughs> it's it's nice bet, it'd boat. be a
0: better boat, yeah, yeah,
2: for sure. It'd be a much better boat. Uh, star of Ace Ventura as well. Yeah. All right, so welcome back to Fantasy Football today here. As we wait for uh, Marino to show up, we're going to talk about a couple other quarterbacks. Uh, one in particular I got a chance to speak to yesterday here on Radio Road, Dak Prescott. You can check out the full interview on CBS Sports HQ. But the uh, first question I asked Dak was, a year from now, if we're sitting here talking are you still going to be the Dallas Cowboys quarterback, and he said that 's the plan we know he 's heading into free agency. Uh, I asked him, I said, "Did you feel like you did everything you can to put yourself in position to earn that big deal and he said he did so uh, when you look at Dak coming off this 2019 campaign, going into 2020, your thoughts on him as a fantasy quarterback?
4: Top five. Top five fantasy quarterback. Completely Even if he loses Amari Cooper? In. Even if he loses Amari Cooper, Cooper, I would expect them to try and replace Cooper to some degree there, but you know the two tags are going to be in use here for the Cowboys. They're going to use the franchise and the transition to try and keep both of them, so I think it's in their plans and certainly their best interest to keep Dak Prescott, but his mobility is good, his passing is great, keeping uh, keeping Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator is huge. And I think having Mike McCarthy be there to just put the finishing touches on his game will refine him to a point where he's going to be even better as a quarterback.
0: Yeah, I think he just had his best year in terms of passing guards. I don't think he's reaching 4,900 again. If he doesn't have Amari Cooper, there's no way he's top five. I don't even know if he's top ten. At that point, he'd be one of those sort of safe guys that you play that doesn't have huge upside. Uh, I like Dak Prescott. I think he's projected him for about 45, 4,600 passing yards, which would still be among the league leaders. So he's going to be always a very safe quarterback, won't hurt you, and certainly will be top 10. I'm thinking more like number 7 or something like that. But I did in. ask him
2: if, uh, if he and Amari are a package deal, and he said, you know, we don't talk about our contracts to that level. I spoke to Amari at the Pro Bowl, and he said, you know, he would obviously like to remain as a member of the Cowboys. and that would make you very happy because yeah. you're a big Amari Cooper fan uh but i think we're gonna have to see how both these things play out maybe the tags are in play for both of them i'm sure they'd like to reach a long-term deal with one but if we do see one guy walk at this point it's probably going to be cooper just because sure. of the nature of you have to pay the quarterback you have to pay Dak. Yep. he did say that he was excited about mike mccarthy he said he wouldn't have been as excited if it was a college coach coming in but he likes the fact that mccarthy has the super bowl on his resume and i think he thinks he's going to help him take that next step in his career whether that transcends to fantasy production remains to be seen but he is going to be drafted as a number one quarterback another guy that i Another guy that I spoke to yesterday was Alvin Kamara, who was part of our set here on CBS Sports HQ. And I asked him, I said, uh, have you talked to Drew yet, Drew Brees? Uh, do you expect him to come back? And he said his gut feeling is that Drew will return for at least one more season. We know that he's entering free agency. He's also expected to uh, uh, remain with the with the Saints if he does come back. So thoughts on uh, Breeze and, and what uh, his outlook is for 2020?
4: I'll tell you what, I had a hard time ranking Breeze for fantasy in 2020. There are so many other quarterbacks that are just in, in, a, in a great situation. And Breeze was great, too. The injury, I think some people are going to look at the final numbers from 2019 and say, oh, he wasn't as good. He's falling off. But he was really ultimately great, especially at home. I think he'll be one of those quarterbacks that you find at a good value on draft day. Going to be round eight plus for Drew Brees. That's pretty incredible. And if you're not 100% sold and you still draft him, you can always take another quarterback a few rounds later.
2: You ever uh, go out to a restaurant and you go, you know, order your food. You go back to, you know, go bathroom or something. You come back and your food's there and you just come back and everything's great. (laughs) We go to a a graphic and we're going to come back on camera. And joining us on set is one of the best quarterbacks of all time, Hall of Famer Dan Marino. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me.
7: Yeah, you guys having fun so far in Miami?
2: Yeah, treating uh, you right? We are, absolutely. Uh, right. we're, we're all South Florida. We're, we're, we're just right oh, on the road. Yeah, so yeah. Up to New York. Not, not, had not had too far away. South Florida, you uh, decided to move up to
7: All right. Well, still, you're having fun. We're having a great time. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> That's all, it, it,
2: can't, it can't be bad when you're joining us here on, oh, on our site. We appreciate thank that. You, so, Dan, I want to ask you about uh, the Super Bowl. Big game coming up on Sunday with the Chiefs and, and the 49ers. And uh, we joke a lot and, and, and joke in a good way. That Patrick Mahomes has a, a similar comparison to you. I actually call him Patrick Marino because of oh, okay. what, uh, what he is able to do on the field. Uh, lofty expectations for him to live up to. But when you look at Mahomes, what he's able to accomplish in his second year as a starter, getting to the Super Bowl, similar situation to you, what you're able to accomplish in your second sure. season. Uh, just talk about your impressions of Mahomes and what you see from him as a quarterback. So,
7: man, everything's positive. You know, the things you see in him as far as uh, his ability to throw the football. Uh, from all angles, velocity accuracy is you know moving the ball around, probably because of the baseball background, you know his sense of his sense in the pocket, how he moves in the pocket, then knowing when to run also and and running safely you know that 's you know he runs smart uh, but the one thing from just hearing people that worked and been working with him and around him that he loves football you know he loves football he 's the the first guy in there, he watches all the film first guy out, loves to compete. Uh, so for me, and then also the fact that he, they know that he can bring them from behind and win. 24 points in a playoff game to come from behind and Same. score. To, yeah, it was crazy. Like, yeah. that. that's never been done before, like right. in one quarter. Right. Uh, so now he knows, his teammates know, he knows they can do that. So that, that makes him very dangerous.
0: On the other hand, Jimmy Garoppolo threw eight passes <laughs> in the NFC Championship game. So let's say you had a game and you threw eight passes. What would the Monday meeting with Don Shula have been like after a game like that?
7: Uh, it, wouldn't have, it wouldn't have came to Monday. It would have been the game. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
7: Just joking. But, uh, you know, that's how they're winning football games. You know, they're winning it that way. That's the coach's decision because they can run the ball so well. And actually, it's not a bad philosophy because you keep Kansas City off the field, keep them on the sideline, that's the best defense is doing that. Um, but I, in this game, I don't. I don't he's going to have to throw it a lot more than eight times. Uh, I expect him to do that, and uh, he's capable. He's shown it before this year. I mean, he's, he's come from behind in games, throwing in big shootouts against the Saints. He did that That's against huge. the Saints, yep. huge game. Yep. So you know, you know, he can do it. It's just a matter of what their approach is, what they want to do offensively, strategically, to get the best uh, out of their offense only, and also keeping keeping Mahomes on the sideline.
4: Yeah, that's an important thing. I was in Mobile last okay. week yeah. in the press box, two rows in front of me. Was okay. you? Okay. So, I love that you were there with the Dolphins, maybe scouting quarterbacks. I'm not sure, but I I would believe that your eyes would be on the quarterbacks. Justin Herbert. Just some general thoughts on what you saw from him in Mobile.
7: You know, it's a, it's a long way away. I thought the kid had a really good week, you know. So, that's uh um that's a positive. So, they're all they're all, they're all they all they all, all great it was, it was fun watching um uh, I enjoy going to that because you get to know them a little bit and see how they work up close, and uh, that's the best part.
0: Awesome. If I could draw another comparison with Mahomes and Marino. So, second season in the NFL, you you guys had pretty similar years, about 5,000 passing yards, 48 to 50 touchdowns. I was curious, did you ever feel any pressure to live up to that season? Uh, you know, was that record breaking season at such a young age ever any type of burden on you?
7: So,. Uh, I would say no, because, you know, you know you've already done it once, that, mm-hmm. that you can do it again if you need to, or it's but it's still, at the end of the day, it's about winning, you know, the stats are great, and throwing 50 and 48 touchdowns, you see it on the screen there, and that's awesome, but it's about getting to the Super Bowl and winning Super Bowls, and a couple of years later, after that 84 season, I think I threw 44, so it wasn't like we were still... Throwing a lot of touchdowns, but uh, it's about winning football games. So I, I wouldn't think, like, I didn't look back, I didn't go into every year saying, oh, I got to throw 50 touchdowns now, you know, to have a good year. It was, to me, it was more like, okay, I got to win 12 games, we got to get in the playoffs, and whatever that takes, if it's 50 or if it's 30 or whatever that is. So I, I, would, I wouldn't think that, I, I wouldn't think he would think that way either.
4: So Mahomes was the MVP last year. This year, it looks like it's going to be Lamar Jackson. He had a hell of a year. The quarterback position seems to be changing a little bit. Sure. Are you seeing that? And what are your thoughts on that? where they're being a lot more mobile now than so, they were even I, a couple of years ago?
7: I think it's because the way the college game is somewhat. You know, with all the you know, you got the bubble screens, you got the RPOs, and you get a uh, and a kid that you know is playing seven on seven at an early age. So these guys are ready. You know they're ready a lot quicker because of their athleticism. I would say, um, but still, gonna you still have to throw the ball from the pocket no matter what, or just move enough in the pocket to be able to throw from different positions. Yep. You know, to win football games, I think on a consistent basis. You know, throughout your career, so you're gonna see. I love it. I mean, I love watching Lamar Jackson play and, and uh, the way he plays, and um, it's 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 just part of the game now.
2: I do love what you said, though, recently, where you said that if you played today, you could throw for 6060 Is that, <laughs> oh, Is that see, something you the believe? Best
7: part, the best part about that is I don't have to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> so I right. can just say whatever I want.
2: You know? I agree <laughs> with you. I think
7: you could do it. I think you could do it. I mean, who knows? But uh, <laughs> once again, it's about winning. But that could happen. Someone could do that.
2: Uh, talk about your pressure to the Dolphins and the direction that they're heading. I mean, Sorry, obviously, I I didn't hear that. Uh, the Dolphins, the direction that they're heading. I mean, what, what Brian well, Flores I like, did very, and, and everything. Know,
7: I'm excited. Like, I'm sure all Dolphin fans are excited about you know the year started off slow and how we built up and we're starting to you know we were i think it was five and four down at the end of the uh, season there uh really like what coach flores is doing as far as just his approach to football uh disciplinarian expects guys to love football to work hard uh to respect the game all those things are important and and uh I see that. I see that in our young guys, and I think there's a, going to be a nice future there.
2: It looks like it's uh, going to be fun, and, and like Dave cool. said, you know, you're scouting the quarterback, see what's going to be the next uh, with the draft, and obviously everything that okay. unfolds with that. Uh, we know you're here as part of Isotoner. Uh, You've yes, been with I Isotoner some, forever,
7: I right? I Well, so we had the gloves for all those years, right. and we still have uh-huh. Isotoner gloves, but they're doing Zen slip-ons right now, and I brought some up for you guys. And oh, I, I think they actually oh, wow. may even be the same size. Okay. But, uh, you know, they have uh, – I'm wearing mine. You can see it right there. where well, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't right. see you can't see them on the street, like but I'm wearing. It look just like that uh-huh. exactly, and it's uh, very comfortable. You can wear them indoors, outdoors. Uh, I've uh, been with them for a lot of years, and it, they came back a couple years ago. We did our 25 year anniversary. of wow. The original commercial I did. Yeah. And then they wanted to do slippers, so we have the Zen slip-ons. We call them slip-ons and the fact that you can wear them indoor and outdoor. So I got I got a pair of, for each of you guys. That's Thank you. Awesome. Thank so, you so yeah. much. I, I believe no, you. And you have to wear them. Oh, yeah. I, Believe me, I <laughs> will. My feet, <laughs> my feet well, are too what big.
2: These are too big. on my feet I think right they now. asked for your size. Dan, oh, all right, great. You, were, you were doing a nice soda commercial in the Ace Ventura movie, right? That's when
7: they kidnapped so, you? Yeah. They kidnapped me with the Ace Ventura. Yeah, yeah. The rewrite. Yeah. The, re- the rewrite part. So you yeah. know it well. <laughs> yeah, that's my best work, Ace Ventura. Not bad boys, too? No, I saw, saw. Toro was better, but uh, bad boys is pretty bit. good. Uh, yeah, uh, you got to see that a little bit before we let you go. You got a Super Bowl pick for Sunday. So I'm going to pick Kansas City. I think I think the the game will be lower scoring than people are going to think, you know, but I do like Kansas City. Uh, both teams may be under 30 each, you know, so uh, close game. Okay. Dan, we I want to see a close game. Yeah. yeah. I think Please. you're going to get it. I think yeah. you're going to get be it. It <laughs> should, yeah, should, should be really be a fun. One. One. I'm excited about it.
2: Dan, we appreciate you taking the time to join us. Thank, you, guys. It. Thank appreciate it. you so much. Thanks. We appreciate the Isaac Toners as well. And uh, awesome. check out everything Dan is doing with Isaac Toner as well as the Miami Dolphins. Thank you. Back here next on Fantasy Football today. We're going to break down some of the running backs in this game as we take a look at the DFS perspective, giving you some players that you may be leaning on. Raheem Mostert, Damian Williams. Stay right here to Fantasy Football Today. Welcome back to Fantasy Football today, here live from Radio Row. Scene of uh, Super Bowl Fifty Four. I'm a little, uh, <laughs> a little flustered here, yeah. Dan Marino, uh, <laughs> the uh, the sports writer. I grew up. Adoring, idolizing is uh, about 10 feet away. Uh, talking to Pete Prisco, I'm sure Pete is annoying him. Dave Hyde of the uh, South Florida Sun Sentinel. So I'm on cloud nine And right Heath now. is here. And Heath is back. Uh, you know, it's always a pleasure to be with you guys. Heath Cummings, Adam Mazur, Dave Richard. As we're breaking down everything here from uh, Super Bowl 54 from the Miami Beach Convention Center. We're going to talk a little DFS now for the game uh, between the Chiefs and the 49ers. And we're talking about the running back. So Damian Williams is the most expensive one on either site. $14,000 on FanDuel, $14,700 on DraftKings. And for FanDuel and DraftKings, you know, they do different pricing. Uh, with FanDuel, you have the MVP spot to use, and so that sort of changes things, how you build your lineup. Raheem Mostert is next, 13500 14100 on DraftKings, Tevin Coleman, Matt Breed, et cetera. Uh, when you look at Damian Williams, I think he's going to have a monster game. I've been talking to a lot of guys around here. Uh, unfortunately the one that I've been talking to the most is Pete Prisco, and he says that uh, he thinks this is going to be a big Damien Williams game with Mahomes getting the ball out quick. Heath, how do you sort of approach the DFS angle with the running backs here when you look at uh, Williams and and the rest of the Chiefs guys?
5: I've built a lot of uh, lineups already on FanDuel, and every single one of them has had Damien Williams in the MVP spot, so I agree with you 100%. I think the Chiefs are probably going to come out early in this game and have him very involved to slow down that San Francisco You think running? Running and catching the ball, both. I think total yards. It's interesting with the 49ers' run defense because they have had times, like against Alvin Cook, where they look completely dominant. They also gave up 4.5 yards per carry this year. and They've had teams that have been able to run against them. And a lot of times that's been teams that are very good passing the ball when they've kind of sacrificed giving up those yards on the ground. And I think Damian Williams is going to have a good day. I'm not particularly interested in playing any of the 49ers' running backs, except for maybe Kyle Juszczyk. I, I don't, don't know.
4: know. Uh, you check just because he's
5: cheap, right? He's dirt cheap, and I, I do think you can throw the ball to running backs against the Chiefs, and there have been times
2: over the last two seasons where he's been their most targeted running back. Let, let's stay with the Chiefs, Adam. Do you think that we see LaShawn McCoy get any sort of touches just as a celebratory thing, no. you know, making the Super Bowl, or is it just all about getting the win and giving the guys that uh, have been playing? Yeah,
0: I don't think so. I think, I think it's Damian Williams. It's his show, but I don't think he's going to be as good. I'm not starting the running backs in my DFS lineups, because first of all, with San Francisco, we'll get to that, but If Coleman plays, you do have to be worried about a split there, even though Mostert shouldn't be splitting carries. But as far as Damian Williams goes, I mean, this 49ers run defense is really good. I think Heath's selling them short. They also give up the second fewest receiving yards per game. Two running backs. You look at they faced Christian McCaffrey and did very well against him. Not that he had no receiving production, but he didn't have a huge game. Different quarterback scenario, it, it, you know. But it doesn't matter. They faced Alvin Kamara. These are the, some of the best of the best, and they've done. They've always held their own. Even Aaron Jones, he caught the touchdown, but he didn't exactly have a big game receiving. And five catches, For like twenty-seven yards. So he, they're yo, know, they're very, very good in that but aspect. The Packers don't have a good quarterback. Anymore. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, look, I, I mean, I, I, th- I think. Pete's brought up the fact that, you know, he watched the Chargers tape and he sees similarities in the Chargers and the Niners. I think it's just because he went Bosa to Bosa. <laughs> <needed>. Sure. And <laughs> you know, the running backs are having big games in the passing game. I think the forty ers defense is legit. I mean they have absolutely smothered guys like Mark Ingram, Aaron Jones once, Alvin Kamara. Horrible games. are talking like five PPR fantasy points. So I, I'm not
2: as bullish on Damian And I think I just want to bring up one point because you said this. You're not playing the running backs. This is the, the showdown slates that we're talking about. Right. You don't have to play yeah. everybody at every position. So I think that's what you're you're bringing up. I just want to make sure people yeah. are aware of that. It's a it's a different thing. So, Dave, when you look at the – let's go to the 49ers now. So Mostert's coming off just that absolutely dominant performance in the NFC Championship game. We know we just talked to Dan Marino. They threw the ball eight times. Yeah. It may not be the same scenario. But if Tevin Coleman does play Adam sort of touched on this. I talked to Tevin uh, Monday night at, at meeting night. He said he's hoping to get out there, it's not a guarantee yet. But if in fact we do have both guys playing, does that make you want to stay away from one of the two? Do you play one of the cheaper guys just uh, with the hope that it goes back to split? Remember, two games ago it was the Tevin
4: Coleman show, and last game it was the Raheem Mostert show because Coleman got hurt. So they've each proven that they can get the job done. I think if you're setting a lineup for the game. You can either go contrarian and start both of them. You could even throw Damian Williams in there and then ignore the quarterbacks and hope for a low-scoring game where both teams find ways to run the football. But if the 49ers are trailing, and I think a lot of people believe that that's going to be the case, who's going to be the one that catches the ball and makes the most plays, I think that would be Mostert. And so his price is inflated. I don't like saying this, but I think he's probably the best, most reliable one to start off anybody on this list.
5: He would be if it wasn't for this pricing. But they are priced as if it's Raheem Mostert's the number one running back, Tevin Coleman's the number two running back, and the other guys aren't going to do anything at all. And we've just not been able to predict the fourth. No, that, that's exit exactly like how that
0: it is all year long. done. Breed got one carry last Breida's, week, yep. and, and Coleman got hurt. He did. But okay, he, so he's so not involved anymore. So, it's over.
2: So two scenarios. Let's just say we find out Sunday, Tevin Coleman inactive. Soldier's bad. Does that make you change your opinion on Moser? That would make me more interested in Mostert, but I still think he's
0: overpriced. You agree? Yeah, because I think the the game uh, the game script could be really bad for him, and and the Chiefs' defense gotten a lot better against the run so i'm avoiding it it could
2: be very bad or it could be really good (laughs) exactly things go the way that they that they want it it goes
4: the way of the niners defense and they're going to be able to run the ball and do what they want and try and keep the chiefs offense off the field and if they're playing from behind they've got to put a running back on there who can go and catch some passes Mostert, let's give him credit he has
0: been a stud he has faced some really good run defenses tampa bay in week one the saints the ravens he crushed the ravens it has not mattered he has run through everybody so I do think that he could have a big game. But I think he has to have a big game to live up to the price tag, as Heath was mentioning.
2: But let's also touch on this. The the Chiefs, We, you know, Dan Marino alluded to this when we just spoke to him earlier. They've been behind in each of the last two games. They were down by 24, po- 21, 20, 24 points uh, against the Texans. They were down by 10 points against the Titans. If they're trailing against this defense, it's going to be tough. And if that's the case, if they get off to a slow start, then that plays right into the run game for San Francisco. To what degree? That's what we have to see. It's not going to be a 200-plus-yard game for Raheem Mostert where he's getting 100 yards before anybody touches him, 100 yards before contact. But it still could be 80 yards in a touchdown, could be 80 yards in two touchdowns. It could be a really big game for him if the Chiefs' offense and the Chiefs' defense doesn't go well early in the game. Um, if Tevin Coleman does play, though, any interest in playing him, knowing that we saw two games ago he had 22 carries, could be the guy that maybe does enough in a split situation that has a success. Far more
5: interested in Tevin Coleman than Raheem Mostert just for the simple fact that there's room for profit. I don't think there's very much room for profit for Raheem Mostert. Yes, he could possibly live up to that price. It's going to be hard for him to provide a great value at that price. Tevin Coleman, if he ends up getting 18 carries in this game and catches a couple of passes, it really shouldn't surprise anyone, because it's gone back and forth like that all year long, and he's priced like a backup running back. Well,
0: it didn't go back and forth until the, the first playoff game. Against right. It, it, Coleman was basically uninvolved. That was such a surprise, that playoff game. Let me ask you this, Heath. Let's say Coleman does play. I could see a scenario where he's active, but not healthy. And everybody backs off of Raheem Mostert, and all of a sudden, Mostert is getting that feature work, and Coleman's basically just an active decoy. It's
5: certainly possible. Yeah, I, I'm not certain that Raheem Mostert is the lead guy; is a, a guarantee to be good at thirteen yeah, five, anyways. A lot. So, yeah. Like it's it, it, as a tournament player, sure. Anybody could be a good tournament player, and if he becomes contrarian, I'll like him a little bit more. Because right now, I don't think he's going to be why Eustach. Uh, because the Chiefs defense has had some problems with pass-catching running backs, and the 49ers over the last couple of years have had stretches where Kyle Juszczyk is their best pass-catching Guy out of the backfield. Also, I think Kyle Shanahan and really that whole team. When you hear them talk about him, they view him as extremely important to what they do. Mostly as a blocker and as a as a decoy and stuff. But I wouldn't be surprised if they involve him in a couple of pass
4: plays. He could catch a touchdown. Yeah, drop a a play form specific. He could run for a touchdown on a fullback dive.
0: But let me. But how about this? He's so cheap, right? And you put him in there so you can get other great players in there. Let's say he has his third straight game with zero touches, and he's in your lineup. Can you still yes. win in that scenario?
4: No. Yes. no, no.
5: Prob- I don't think you probably can, because they're, at least on FanDuel, because there are a couple other guys. You're choosing between Juszczyk, um Nicole Hartman is $6,000. Um,
2: Darwin Thompson and Thompson, are both $6,000. Right. So
5: there's several guys in that range. If he does nothing at all, one of those guys is going to do something, and a lot of people are going to have that other four-player
2: combination that you have, which it's the two tight ends. It's Damian Williams and Patrick Mahomes. We have, we have a couple of Juszczyk prop bets here, and I was listening to the guys on Sportsline last night. I forget it. <laughs> Todd Furman or Kenny White said that one of the props they're going to play is Kyle Juszczyk. Uh I think it was um, scoring a <laughs> touchdown. I don't think this is one of the ones that we were talking about, but uh, as you see here, receiving yards over under ten and a half. All it takes is one catch. That's yep. an easy one to get to. Uh, at least one rushing attempt. I mean, you know, I, I think you, you said it, Heath. They love him. And, you know, I, and I remember talking to Youstek at the uh, Pro Bowl a couple years ago, and he was talking about how he'd love to be more involved in the offense. Um, you know, between him and George, him and George Kittle, they're so important to the run game. San Francisco, that you wonder if they are playing with a lead. And this also goes to what my point was about LaShawn McCoy, if the Chiefs are playing with a lead. But, you know, guys like this that sort of go uh, unheralded and, you know, underrated players throughout the course of the season, you know, sometimes they get the chance to be Super Bowl heroes. Maybe not to the extent of, you know, the MVP, but you know, give them the chance to spike the ball in the end zone, uh to celebrate and, and sort of reward them for uh for the years that they have. So Use Tech is definitely interesting. Better on DraftKings than, than FanDuel even because he's only eighteen hundred dollars on, on DraftKings. So yeah. if you really want to go cheap.
5: Right, and he played nine games this year in the regular season. Seven of those games he had more than ten and a half re- receiving yards. Great prop. So I think that's no, a, a pretty good hit, one to hit on right there. We're,
2: we're going to talk a lot more prop bets, a lot more DFS throughout the week here, especially as we get closer to Sunday. But uh, it's been a fun day so far uh, for fantasy football today. been a fun week so far. You can check out more of our coverage on our podcast, wherever our podcasts are found. For Heath Cummings, Adam Mazur, Dave Richard, Dan Marino, and Miles Sanders, I'm Jamie Eisenberg. Thank you for watching. More CBS Sports
1: HQ coming up next